Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us here on a Third Way podcast. Um, I'm here with my buddy, John, who's been co-hosting this show with me. Man, and what a ride. Connection. What a ride. What a ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's as the, the year comes to a close, we thought it'd be great to have some reflection conversation on some of the episodes we've done so far. Absolutely. I mean, we still have, um, it's been fun. We released, I don't know how many episodes, a, good, a handful, and we still have many more that we can release. Um, but we thought it was best to take a pause. Well, I mean, this time of year lends itself for a nice pause anyway, just to take a pause and and kind of talk about some feedback that we've been getting from some listeners and having some different conversations about different stuff we've already released and just, yeah, just recapping some stuff and, and seeing what God's already done. It's easy for us because we have so much content to just keep fleshing it out but not pausing to actually see what God has already done through some of it. And, and we want to take a second to celebrate and, and, and in some ways clarify <laughs> some different stuff. Yeah. John, I've been really grateful for your willingness to like enter into this learning with me. Like I feel totally. like so many of these conversations, I don't have this stuff figured out. And if there's anything yeah. I have figured out, it's like a, a discontent that I have had grow in me regarding like the witness of the church in the mm. West. And I think that maybe feels like on a public scale, there's been some disenchantment or dissatisfaction or discouragement with that. But on a private scale, like in the conversations I'm having with leaders like you and with people, I'm really encouraged with how people are wrestling. Yeah. The humility that you have to enter into this with me of like, we we might sound stupid talking about some of these things. Neither of us know what we're I, working. I definitely do. <laughs> I definitely no. did not mean this to be a backhanded compliment. I meant it to be a real compliment. <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's great. You should meet my parents. I'm used to this. Um. <laughs> Your willingness to enter in and to ask questions and to say the things that people are thinking or wondering and like that's a vulnerable space for us to record these conversations. And when both of us are actually entering into them to learn. Totally. And, and it's been fun for me. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like I'm the opposite. So uh, a lot of these conversations that I'm having in private um, uh, are more of the disenchanted, more frustrating, more angsty of why is it this way in in the church? Why is, you know, mm -hmm. why are our systems this way? Why is you know, in a lot of ways, uh, where, where is God in this? Like where, what is happening in America? And mm -hmm. I, I was reminded of another, I was listening to a Christmas message from a couple years ago, uh, just entering into this season. And it was a really great reminder of he, the pastor was reflecting on the state of culture in America, you know, we're post-Christian here. And he's like, can I just take a step back and say, things are great everywhere else. Like the church in China, the church in like all these other places, like God is moving and it's not like what it is here with all of our politics and the church and all this stuff. He's like, it's it's crazy what is happening over there with the spirit. So don't get deep in your own head over here about music and worship styles and all this stuff. Not to say that things don't have problems over there, but it was a really interesting way of me to say what I mean by that is, man, I am so down my head is just so far down in america of like this is the only where, place god's moving and it's just so so untrue there it is a huge world god is doing great things all over the continent and it's not america where god is choosing to move or not move like it's everywhere but all that being said 
I have that frustration, but this platform, these conversations that we've been having have been so good for me because I have, um, in a lot of ways, people that I would never get the chance to sit down with and actually talk to that are encouraging and giving that big worldview of, no, no, it might be this way where you are or over here where you know about, but look at where it is right now. Look at what our church is doing in New York. What, what Look at what our church is doing over here in Chicago and stuff like that. So it's been encouragement for me in a big way to to have these conversations and have a place to ask questions because um, that's so important that we ask questions as that's the whole reason we're here Totally for a third way. And I think, um, I think this is a moment of invitation for us as the church, like, and maybe that's some false sense of stability that I have to create in myself, like hope, <laughs> but yeah. I, I do think this is a, a lot of what we're seeing play out in the church in the West and, and things that are being exposed in the church and things that are no longer working in ways we're no longer, you know, pacing or embracing culture. Like, I, I just think this, this particular moment is an invitation for the church to yeah. say, wow, we're supposed to be about a good news people. Then what does that look yeah. like? How is that reflected in the story we're telling? How is that reflected in the systems that we're addressing? How is that reflected in how we're doing church. And so I don't know, it, it, I guess I could get really discouraged by this moment in the church in the way, or we can continue to press in and say, what is God doing through this? And what is us as individuals and as church leaders? And so it's been really fun to do this with you. Yeah, it's been super fun. Thanks for the invite on this. (laughs) I just found out I got fired though. So this is great. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to put out, I mean, you can reapply for the job. We'll do some interviews. (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll re we'll reassess uh, after christmas yeah after the first of the is year is this your way to not give me a christmas bonus is that what this is if we <laughs> fire you I before you christmas. christmas bonus when we were in san francisco just recently. yeah you did brought you a kind christmas bonus gift actually yes yes you did uh no so yeah it's been really fun it's been really fun to sit down with um the spe- the specific ones that we chose um so a little background for those listening. Um, we have done three trips so far uh, where we've met up with a bunch of different pastors. Um, mm-hmm. The first group uh, we did, I don't even know, what was that, six or seven? Yeah, well, pastors and church leaders. Or yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, or just thought leaders, yeah. The church is is navigating right now, right? And a Definitely. lot of them are released yet. Yeah, exactly. So the first ones, we haven't even released some of them that we're I mean, I, I think of our very first episode, we're jazzed to release with um, Diane Langberg, which we'll do in the new year. But um, that one, but what my point with that is what we found was one episode or two episodes, we needed to sit in it a little bit longer mm-hmm. than what we were expecting, specifically um, the Drew Jackson about the um, the doctrine of discovery and about the the racial tension that is um, not gone in America today that many people want to kind of move over. And I was one of those for my whole childhood growing up in the South of, can we just move over the, move over this? Like slavery was how long ago? Can we just like, that wasn't me. Um, but not understanding how I am contributing to this in, in my, in my lack of exactly. Well, and I think what was interesting in the conversation is contributing to and or benefiting from. And mm. Some of the things that we want to gloss over, right, is ways that we're contributing to systems or ways that we're benefiting from systems that are oppressive. Um, that was an, an interview that we got some interesting feedback from. Definitely. 
Uh, I think that was honestly, it might've been one app. It might've been Michael Redzina's, but um, you know, also what we want to do today is we want to share some feedback of what uh, you guys who are listening and we're so thankful for you guys listening. Um, we can sit in a room and talk for, for hours, but uh, we want it to be something that people can participate in and have their own conversation. So we've gotten great feedback, um, good and bad, or just constructive. Um, one of them that I really want to start with to clarify, and I think it might've been around this episode, but I have, I have a dear friend of mine who uh, is not a follower of Jesus, to my knowledge, um, just an amazing guy and uh, very, very intelligent. But uh, he texted me out of just listening to an episode asking for clarification. Uh, he, he was asking to explain the concept and mission of a third way podcast uh, because um, he, he wants to know our philosophical framework, what we're, what we're really trying to accomplish through this, because there's, he calls it an inherent judgment. Uh, it feels like we're, it feels like we're trying to create a space without judgment, he says, but it seems like there is some kind of a judgment on our mm-hmm. part as we're having these conversations, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really, really good feedback because I, I, I mean, I speaking for myself before I pass it to you, Carrie, I, I don't want to be judgmental in a way that's not constructive. Um, I don't think that word judgment necessarily Mm -hmm. means um, condemning, but more evaluating what is happening in our culture and in the church. Um, Mm -hmm. So I use that as an opportunity to kind of explain some different undertones and some things that are happening in the church that he might not be aware of. Um, Mm -hmm. But to say there comes a time where we need to evaluate things uh, and reevaluate things so to pass judgment on a thing means that I'm evaluating it in my understanding of what I'm using that word as. But along the same lines, I want it to be constructive and edifying because my my goal, and I know this for you as well, Carrie, is we're not trying to um, condemn the church or condemn what God is doing or condemn other people specifically even. Um, we're all people in process who have sinned, who have messed up, who have made dumb decisions who have done things that we thought were good that ended up being for our own pride. Yeah. It's actually, I'm so grateful that he cared about you and your relationship enough to even want to ask that question. Like what a thoughtful way for him to engage with you. And I I had maybe some similar feedback in um, somebody saying that they, they felt like parts of the conversation were judgmental. And I was like, huh, tell me more deep. Do you feel judged? by some of the things that we said or some of the things that were shared or some of the, you know, like the learnings that we talked about. And over time she was like, yeah, I think, I think I feel judged. And I, the conversation that we continued to have was, did we judge you or did you feel judged? Like we're, it feels like it's hard for me to be judgmental to a listener who I may not even know or know their heart in. But I do think when we're exposed to content that whether it threatens something inside of us or whether it challenges a framework or a construct or a paradigm that we're accustomed to living within, I do think that's challenging or can feel judgmental or or we could feel judged. Maybe that's even self-judgment. Or I think sometimes the feeling that comes with that is even a feeling of shame or of guilt. I mean, that's what I experience when I'm exposed to somebody's narrative or story that challenges the one that I live within that's probably where I go to first, right? It's yeah. shame and guilt about what, my own. But I think also to recognize like we're wired to want to pursue safety and comfort. 
most of the time, right? Like that's what we're wired towards. So anytime there's a conversation, I mean, think about movies that have challenged you or an article that you've read or like go on Twitter for five minutes and you can feel judged right <laughs> now by some differing viewer. So my hope in creating this space was that we could create a space that may sort of challenge us or challenge our thinking, but I, gosh, I hope never in a way that somebody feels judged or excluded. I mm. hope this a place that we can actually share that last 2% and ask the hard questions because we're safe to do that. I mean, you and I have talked a lot in our road trip times and with one of our board members recently and about like gender dynamics and conversations and how am I ever going to have an expectation that you're going to grow and your understanding of what it means to be me if I can't create safety for you to ask those questions or be challenged by my answer. Or, and so I, I do think there, there's an inherent feeling of judgment that can come with that. And I think it's really courageous that your friend would name that. And I hope we'll stay in the conversation of learning and being challenged by. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and again, that's, you know, I, I had that conversation recently with some people uh, at our church based off of something that was, I have, I had said in a, in a sermon I had given. Um, and it caused a lot of, uh, I don't want to say controversy cause it wasn't that big of a deal, but yeah. it definitely ruffled a few feathers, uh, to where they said, do you even actually believe this? And I had just thrown out a statement of, have you thought about this? Hmm. Um, and I stand by that statement very, very uh, firmly. But my point with it was not that I'm trying to get you to completely change your actions. Maybe your actions do need to change. I'm trying to make you stop and think about why you're doing something. And I think that, well, in a lot of ways, this is where the American church has gone wrong is we've stopped pausing to reflect on why we're doing some of the things we are. We get hooked in these frames. We get hooked in these systems and we just keep doing, doing, doing instead of stopping and saying, wait a minute, is this what the spirit wants us to do? Are we actually pursuing? Because, and again, we use the word framework. That was more feedback. We get framework and journey and posture and all these buzzwords. Okay, that we I had somebody say, you guys need to do a whole episode on defining the words <laughs> that you use in your podcast. I was like, come on, Definitely. you're that smart. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, promise you that. But my point being like these systems and these frames are great. Like they're really good. They allow us to do really good things in the church. But uh, at least in my experience with churches, we end up becoming, we serve our frames as opposed to serving the spirit and being tender to a moment um, to what he wants us to do in our, in our culture, in our city, in our community, in that moment. Um, And so what I had done was kind of disrupted the status quo of this specific topic intentionally to say, you might walk away from this conversation doing the exact same thing that you did before I asked you this question. But yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually explain all of this to this degree, but this was a later podcast I had with our pastor. Um, But my goal of this was all for you to stop, have conversation in your communities, in your community groups and evaluate why you're doing the things that you're doing. And, and what was so amazing was that, that actually happened. And they didn't know that was my motivation behind it to then mm-hmm. when they, I got so much feedback from different community groups saying we spent hours discussing this because so many people were confused by why you were saying this. I was like, well, did they change? Did anybody decide to change or did people just kind of feel the need to evaluate the ways that it was a money conversation? So of course it's oh. going to ruffle feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's where 
But that's what our heart is, I believe, in these conversations. You know, if we don't stop and evaluate the things that we're doing along the lines of um, uh, racial injustice and the way that we're hiring people on staff, the way that we're uh, building our communities, whether we are diverse in, in ethnicity, if we are diverse in gender or not, um, it might not be that we're actually oppressive to the other person intentionally, but we are by our neglect and we're not stopping to actually consider these things. And this is what I've learned from our, from our conversation. And I don't even know if I'm going to agree with this as I'm saying it, but <laughs> <laughs> which I find is true a lot about myself. Uh, it's easier for me to just decide to be judgmental of somebody else's story or experience and sort of pad that in my own mind and justify it or rationalize it or live in the place of the space I take up versus like actually entering into somebody else's story, actually wanting to acknowledge and honor the image of God in them. Like that means getting uncomfortable with what that might mean for me. And I hope that we're able to do that. Like as a, as a community together. I mean, the, yeah. the message of the gospel is inherently challenging and yeah. sort of upside down. And I, I think for us to get comfortable in our discomfort a little bit, yeah, to explore some of these topics is really important. And again, I don't even know that I feel like we can present a way forward in most of these or answers in most of these topics, but gosh, are they conversations we need to be having because yes. they separate us and they do, you know, they, they perpetuate really negative stereotypes and they perpetuate harm to people. And so I don't know where else we can be having some of these conversations and learning. And that's yeah. part of why I'm super jazzed to do this is to just yeah. say, how can, we learn? how can we talk to experts like Wade and Diane and um, Drew and people yeah. just to place to grow and be challenged. And I hope people are having some of those conversations with people that they're in relationship with. So I have gotten feedback um, from people who would perhaps resonate with being sort of the privileged in some of the conversations that we've had. And I've had conversations with people who would probably identify with being like the marginalized uh, in some of the conversations we've had. And both of them have said they have sort of grown in their understanding or empathy of people on different sides of some of these conversations. So uh, an African-American woman in our church who is a part of a leadership residency program and is an up and coming church planter. And she said, I did not know about the doctrine of discovery. And I was at work. She works for like a large national insurance organization and started talking about this at work and introduced the podcast to other people because she was like, you have to know some of the systemic things behind the fact that we're having a conversation about race at work right now. So it's fascinating that she felt like, oh, this is something for me to share to help people understand what my reality is better than I even understood it before entering into this conversation. So again, not that we taught her anything, but we exposed her to something new by totally third way. And that's, I think, I think that's what a third way is, right? Absolutely. I mean, I know, again, I know that I've been exposed to um, so many different things that, um, you know, so I, I believe that's how conviction works with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's mm -hmm. people that come into our church that might be uh, just starting this journey as followers. And you know, for me, and I remember as a young, I'm super young still. I don't know why I'm saying as a young, You're I remember baby, a baby. I remember when, uh, you know, I'm like 19, 20 working in my first church and being very zealous about discipleship and wanting people to 
uh, be on the same level playing field as me with what they care about. Um, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit just wasn't there because they're not there yet. They haven't had this revealed to them by him. He's the one who, who leads us into all truth. And so until he uh, reveals these things to us um, through our seeking, through our pursuit, you know, we're not held accountable, in my opinion. But now that we have been and what this podcast has done for me is I've been exposed. And I believe this is through my seeking of more of the spirit, more of uh, more of Jesus in my life. I have now been exposed to areas that I cannot walk away from. I cannot. Now there is new areas of conviction in my life with uh, with gender, with race, with um, I'm trying to think of other conversations that will really just the area of of um, of questioning and not feeling like I can sit on my theological pedestal. Not that it would be that strong to stand on anyway. Uh, but now let's, let's actually engage in conversation with people who disagree with us. Let's engage in conversation. So yeah, that's exactly what we want this to be. We hope that people are exposed to more and stretched in a way that, you know, this is a topic I never thought about before. I would have never engaged. I, I said it while we were recording the episode, it's in the episode. I'd never heard of the doctrine of discovery. Do you know how many times I've thought about the doctrine of discovery since then, which is a very good thing because now when I'm starting a ministry, now when I'm starting a group of people volunteering in our church, or I'm I'm thinking through campuses that are being planted, I'm thinking about different things that I'm doing in my ministry. Now I'm thinking of it through that lens. Wait a minute. Am I just claiming that I know something, that I have the right to just take something? Or has somebody gone before me? Can I learn from them? Can I use them? in a way that I can learn from them and let, I, how can I push them forward and, and expound upon this? And that's one small piece that I've learned from that. Totally. Well, and it's, I mean, it's exposing you to a narrative larger than just your own, which totally. I think is brilliant. And to just name, you are, you're willing to enter into that too. Like that's a willingness on your part to, to do that and not just sort of hold tighter grip well, it's a tight grip willingness. <laughs> tight grip willingness. We're like don't want to engaging you into a broader narrative. No, I'm serious, John. I mean it as a, a word of affirmation to my friend. Like a lot of people, oh, thank you. Not enter into that because it challenges something in you, and so I'm grateful yeah. for your willingness to do that. I think my journey is probably the opposite of that. In that, like I left the church at a super young age like in my teen years, really discouraged with what I saw. And when I was reintroduced to Jesus in my twenties, that is literally why I was drawn to him. Like as a liberator and as somebody who brings freedom to the oppressed and who gives life. And then sort of the longer that I've journeyed with Jesus and the longer that I have like grown in my engagement with the church, the bigger expanse that I've seen grow there and so while we're on like a similar journey, we're just coming at it from really different yep. ends. And like the things that I that have caused me to love Jesus more and more and want to follow him more and want to lay down my life to live the life that he gives, there, there are gaps in how I see the church sometimes sharing that same invitation or message. And so again, I don't I don't want this to be a place of judgment on the church. I want this mm. to be place of invitation Definitely. Um, church and for each one of us that claim yeah. to follow Jesus and to be his ambassadors here in the yeah. world like what a what an invitation for us to together explore what does that mean to be an ambassador of God's kingdom and how do we call yeah. one another forward in that right if you're and also just like we 
yeah, also, we're not qualified to pass judgment on the church. So that's another reason I hope, uh, well, I hope but it doesn't come off that way. Feedback. I'm so grateful Definitely. for feedback. Yeah. yeah I, I think about that too. And I think about, you know, and, and a convicting thing that he gave me through that, uh, through that text was, um, how often am I passing judgment on the church, like real judgment, passing judgment on my specific expression of the church, on the global church, on what God's doing in a way, passing judgment on God, because he's the one working through, uh, fallible people. That's what he does. He works through us because that's what he's done throughout history. Work through people who mess up. And I mean, not through the podcast platform, but in my own communities, in my own conversations and my close friends and my family, when I'm frustrated or when I'm uh, tired, even where I think, man, I just would not do it this way. My ways are higher than God's ways, obviously, because I would have planted a church by now that would have been way more successful. And then I realized through that feedback, <laughs> I get the, the, the feedback and I think, man, that's so, that's so good. How often do I pass judgment when I am in no way, shape or form qualified or experienced enough, or none of us are. And I think about people that I love to listen to right now who are evaluating the church as a whole and really uh, comparing it in culture and these studied uh, men and women of God. And I think you're the most qualified among us. And I still learn from you at this. I'm not, I'm not even that. And even they enter into it from the ones I listen to with such humility. Mm-hmm. And that's, that needs to be our heart. And I, and I, I know that about you, that you are entering in that way, Carrie. And I evaluate that in myself so many times that I need to be showing more of that humility. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that needs to be the heartbeat behind a third way is we're entering in these conversations in humility that we don't have all the answers. We're asking people who have way more answers than us who also don't have all the answers. But mm-hmm. it's a platform to begin conversations where you can enter into humility with people in your community about the same way. You might be an inner city church listening to the episode of Drew Jackson, and you just planted a church three months ago. Our heartbeat behind that is not for us to call out and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Look at our expert, Drew, who did this the right way. Um, we're saying, hey, have you, how did you do this? Now have a conversation with the people that you did this with. If this convicted you, that's awesome. Maybe you don't need to change anything. Maybe you did it a way that you can rest before God and say, this is exactly the way you've called me to do it. That's fantastic. I hope so. Uh, if it did convict you and you feel judged, uh, maybe there's a reason for that. And not that we want to pass that on you. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that. And I, I received the humility compliment, but I hope that we can continue to hold one another accountable in that. And I hope people that are listening will continue to hold us accountable to that and, and give us feedback in there. And even, you know, we want feedback on some of the topics that we're going to discuss. I know in 2020, um, one of the things that the church has been navigating that we're seeing sort of some public exposure of is the church's relationship to power. And I know we have some conversations lined up that we're going to release next year uh, with Diane Langberg, a psychologist and power abuse specialist. She's got like more than 40 years of experience with that. And so getting to learn from her, Wade Mullen, who talks about um Image management, impression, or is it image management in a no, time I of crisis? Call us the wrong thing, all throughout. The episode, I'm just going to name that now. But impression ma- management tactics that evangelical organizations use in times of crisis, and yeah. some of these were um, people that I have learned from over the last two years on my own journey of navigating 
toxic stuff in the church. And I think they are uh, from the margins leading conversations that we should be having in the church. And they are inviting us to look in the mirror. And so I think that can feel judgmental. We can feel judged. We can feel conviction when it comes to that. My hope and my heart and my prayer is that we will feel invitation when we look in the mirror, when, as they illuminate things for us that perhaps we have not wanted to see as church leaders. So what I'm hearing you saying is, if you felt judged before, buckle up. This is going (laughs) to... Oh, gosh. I hope that's not the case. But maybe. I mean, I walked away from those conversations feeling like those people had seen inside of my soul. (laughs) uh, No, they were were great. Yeah. They were great conversations. No, I I kid. It was... I mean, obviously... (laughs) You probably will though, but we hope you don't feel even more judged. But if Not you do check out or stop listening, but judged enough to change, how's that? Is that reasonable? Well, the same way that we were, because even as you say that, I feel a little like we want you to change. We're looking at you saying like, you need to change. We walked away from that feeling like, oh, I need to change. How do I change? <laughs> like, it's so gross. And we all do it all the time. Like, even as, and that's what I, uh, one big thing I took away from a conversation with Wade, which we'll share in the new year, but just how am I as mm-hmm. a leader? How am I as a, as a father, as a husband, as a friend, how am I managing people's impression of me in the way, like, am I giving my true self or <laughs> that's actually a San Francisco thing to say, a better thing to say, how, yeah, how am I showing Jesus through my actions as opposed to selling myself? Uh, so even as I'm saying it, I'm like, nope, you still didn't let all of it sink in yet, but, <laughs> but you're getting Bay Area is rich, man. It, it'll wear off on you. Well, uh, some of the other conversations I know that we talked about having are even ways that the church has approached sexuality and purity yeah. culture and some of the consequences from perhaps unintended consequences from what were intended to be good messages that like, uh, there's a lot that I hope will continue to challenge us. And I'm glad you called me on that to change piece. I mean, I don't have any prescribed change. I hope anybody takes away from any of these conversations. I hope that they will just learn from them like I am. Yeah, right? like we all are. Yeah, like we want to. Uh, first conversation with other people, learnings. And, you know, we just, we want to all be better. We want to be pursuing Jesus and inviting his kingdom to come uh, the way that we are asked to in the gospels, you know, how can we participate in that? How can we make room for it? And through these conversations, we believe um, that's a big way for us to uh, invite other people to join us. Not that we have it all figured out. Uh, Well, I probably do more than you, but. Well, and that's why I'm here. So you can teach me. I don't know. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Yeah, just, it shows in the episodes. This Eugene Peterson quote, let's make sure we leave that part in, okay? Don't edit that out. Or you... <laughs> I'll probably edit out most of the stuff you were talking about, but I, know, I don't I... want to steer people astray. Eugene Peterson said that's the whole spiritual life. It's learning how to die. And as you learn how to die, you start losing all of your illusions and you start being capable now of true intimacy and of love. Yeah. And if that's yeah. what it means to follow Jesus, to have our love in action through faith, then what does it mean for us to drop our illusions? The illusions we hope to project to other people 
and the illusions that we have of other people that make us feel more comfortable living the way that we do. Like if you're, and that's an invitation for me as much or more so than it is for anybody listening to these conversations. So it just happens to be that we get to sound stupid on air and capture it and share it with other people. It's so much better than just sounding stupid in the privacy of my own home. Like this is taking (laughs) it out there. And, but that that's so important. The the piece about that's how you're growing in love, and and that was even from the start of this when we when we were talking about what this could be. Um, I had shared with you, and I think I've shared it on an episode of the podcast. But I've had conversations too many times that are not rooted in love about things that should be rooted in love. As a follower of Jesus, I've had conversations with other followers of Jesus that become more about opinions that become more about my way, your way mm-hmm. um, instead of, Hey, and, and we hope that this shows, we hope that no one uh, would. And, and we've talked about this. I hope that through the episodes that we've released so far, nobody is sitting there thinking that we've disagreed with anybody blatantly on the recording. Uh, but, but you have disagreed with people that we have had conversations with already that have been recorded. I have disagreed yeah. with people, yeah. but the point of what we're trying to do is, not sit here and and argue a side of things, but to but to reveal other sides of things and to mm-hmm. say you well the reason they're on there is you have a reason to say what you're saying like we all do. So how can I listen before and and ask better questions to understand without trying to sway you or mm-hmm. convince you of my way? Because I don't even understand why you have your way of thinking. Totally. Yeah. Because I'm I'm meeting all these people for the first time when we talk to them. Oh yeah, and you're judging them right away. I, I oh, know. absolutely. Yeah, this so is a judgmental. Topic for me right now, though, and I, I'm preaching this weekend about love, and so this is a piece of what I'm wrestling with, but have been for months. Like, John, I don't know if it actually qualifies as love if I just love somebody that agrees with me on all these topics. Mm-hmm. Like, at what point it may not actually become love until I learn how to love you, even if we don't agree on something. Like it may actually not become love until we don't agree or on our opposite sides of something. We're on opposite ends of a conversation or you let me down or you fail me. Like at that point, when I choose to still love somebody, that's when it actually becomes love. I don't know what that is leading up to that point, but if it's just based in our agreement or our alignment with one another, that's cheap. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I have this conversation regularly with, with people in my own community over here, forming community groups in our church, you know, how many people, and that's just such a small example of this, but trying to make it practical for most people. Like how many of us are so frustrated with our community groups at church and then make our own community groups. But really what we're doing is we're surrounding ourselves with people we can agree with. And, and we, we sell ourselves the story of, but I'll go further. I'll learn more. I will be able to actually get through a community group without arguing or without the the uncomfortable conversations of disagreement. But really all we're doing is we're learning in one specific direction. And and I can see the side of that. I actually, a dear friend of mine and I had a conversation about that specifically of his, his community group was formed. It was like, he, he called it out. So that's why I'm not judging him in this. He said, I realized that I picked and chose the group that I wanted of my own friends and, and community. But I just felt like, it, we learn more that way. And, and I'd push on that. Validity to that. I mean, yeah. when I feel safe, 
I'm probably able to enter in and learn from people that are different than me. I think for us to even be aware of at what point are we creating echo chambers mm. and putting ourselves in a place that everybody is going to reflect back to us the thing that we already believe and actually reinforce it to a place that could be unhealthy. And how much of it am I sitting down with people that I may not agree with? I mean, it's Christmas time. How many of us are going to sit down at the dinner table in the next couple of days or weeks with people that we vehemently disagree with politically, yeah. theologically, socially? Like, And so how do you hold space for somebody else to think something different or believe something different? To what degree are you entering into those conversations to try to change their mind? The, the real game changer for me is to what degree am I entering into those conversations out of genuine curiosity? What, yeah. Like that's when I learn the most is when I can create that safety within myself and hopefully for somebody else to say, I'm actually, I have a, a friend right now who leads a denomination that's very conservative when it comes to women. And I asked him to sit down and have a conversation with us on the podcast because I have genuine questions about how he gets to where he gets to theologically. And I would love to have a place that I can ask those questions. And perhaps some people could learn from some of those questions yeah. and answers along the way. I don't have any illusion that sitting down with him is going to change where he lands theologically, nor do I think he may change where I land. But do you know what could be really beautiful is if we could engage in that and learn from one another, even if neither of us change our minds. And then shake hands and walk away at the end of that conversation, still as brothers and sister in Christ. Even if, yeah. we, even if we never agree on this, is that such a core tenet to my faith that now I, I'm not going to actually be with him in eternity? Like, let's, yeah. let's get to work on that now instead of waiting until then. Well, it's, it's the switch for a lot of us. And it's been something that God's been doing in me too is... Um, you know, growing up in the Bible Belt, your theology is everything. I mean, what you believe about the Bible, the things that you know, that's mm -hmm. everything. And then being out here in the Bay, um, oh, well, I've been more pushed to the way that you love, the, the way that you invite people. And not necessarily, not to say that we're all sitting here just throwing our Bible around, we don't care. But specific circles that I've been in, um, it's been more along the lines of, and, and I remember the first time I heard the line and it, I've said it many times since then, but if your theology gets in the way of your love, then you're, then you're just wrong. Like your theology is wrong if it gets in the way of how you love other people, because that's the way that they'll know that you know, Jesus is the way that you love other people. And mm -hmm. if we're sitting down with people and we cannot love people on the other end who have a different theological view than us, um, then what we're saying is, our theology is the most important thing. The way that we have answers, the things we believe about a certain thing is the most important thing about our relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. not the interaction with other people. And then it goes even further. We talked about this with another conversation we just had. Then it goes further down the line of, then what do you view about eternity? Like, is it about a set of beliefs that got you into some ethereal place that you're going to go to someday? And that's another conversation. But uh, it, it we put so much emphasis. What'd you say? We're going to have a lot of end times conversations. This is going to be totally. Great. Yeah. Well, we're going into a series here. So that's why it's on my mind. But it's, then it just becomes, and what I've seen it become is a set of rules and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, um, a doctrine of faith that you have to ascribe to. And it just becomes something that I'm conforming to or that I'm creating on my own. And then that's why we have these denominations because we're picking and choosing. I like that line from your statement of faith. I like this line from your statement of faith or maybe this way that you uh, live that statement of faith out. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and, and I think we've just missed so much. And, and, and not to say that we can't disagree. That, 
I, I, the disciples disagreed. I mean, the apostles did. We see Paul and, and yeah, Peter and the scriptures. We see that, right? I mean, that's literally yeah. what most of the letters are about. Is that here's definitely. where you're wrong, and here's where it doesn't matter. Definitely. If you're wrong. And, um, I, I'm totally going to use this word that you make fun of me for using. <laughs> Which one? There's probably so many. <laughs> I know. Just keep it coming. Just keep it coming. Uh, I just had this conversation though with some pastors about what is more important, getting our theology right or our actual posture about our theology. Ooh, there it is. Posture. Okay. Write it down. You have the right theology, but you have poor posture about it, about living it out. What is there to gain in the end? And I don't think that that means that we should water down truth or our pursuit of truth, but how we do that, how we engage it really matters. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, some more feedback that we've got is people are doing drinking games around specific words. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were, if you were we participating, don't, we don't, we don't condone that. I'm just <laughs> If you were listening, uh, she said posture, so take a shot. We got it now. I think that that's like four now because we just said it the way. <laughs> Ooh, yes, that is yeah. not a, the third way. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, we got so much great feedback. Uh, we really chose to focus more on the constructive because I think that's more beneficial. Um, I know, and I know you've shared some with me. I've shared some with you. I've had a conversation with people about just how important and timely these conversations were in their own lives and their mm -hmm. own spheres and just how refreshing. I had a, a dear friend of mine really resonate with the uh, Tyler Staten interview and, and the thing that she specifically referenced, which I loved because it didn't hit me the same way that it, but it was hitting her in this season that she's in right now about how he as a child was able to be content and to sit in a patch of grass. And she's like, I'm a grown woman that cannot sit and be content. I've never been able to sit and be content. And it was really just challenging her as she started a business and as she's trying to seek, uh, seek God in this business. Like, do we chase and go hard after, you know, becoming a big store or do we do what we originally set out to do, which was be in the community and make connections with people and relationships with people. Um, so that was fun to get that feedback. And uh, I know you've gotten some great stuff too. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is a lot of pastors that I do coaching work with will um, send a message about an episode or a challenging thing we talked about or, and say that it challenged them or it encouraged them. Or um, there's some young people that are saying, I'm really glad that you're having these conversations because the church should be engaging. How young? Uh, you know, probably like your age. Oh, whoa, whoa. So they're old souls. Okay. <laughs> Um, Elizabeth Chick age, which we have not released her episode yet, right? The uh, oh, yeah. 22. But it, all to say, they were grateful that we're engaging in some of these topics. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I don't know that we're getting it right or that we're going to get it right. But this has been really fun for me to get to do this with you, to engage in some of these conversations that I hope the church will continue to have and that perhaps we've gotten wrong in the past or highlighting places, you know, leaders that are, are pressing into these to try to get them right. So it's Definitely. really meaningful work and it just feels like we're just inviting people along for our own learning journey. <laughs> grateful to get to do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, along those lines, uh, like we, we really are uh, so thankful for, for all of you who listen, um, for those of you who have subscribed, um, I'm, I know I'm young, but I'm really bad at social media. So 
we this only the time we ask you share the podcast if you're enjoying it yeah. hey share it if you're hating it because we yeah. take your one right like and send us feedback we want to know we want to know we want to know ways that it's challenging you ways that it's encouraging you you can like rate a podcast is this right you can you? rate you can give um you can do stars on apple or, or or spotify or wherever you're listening you can rate it give some feedback on there which helps how it's visible on apple itself mm -hmm. um you can follow us we do have an instagram uh, but what that's really served as right now is just letting you know an episode's out there. And if you subscribe, that tells you already. <laughs> totally. But what a great way to give us feedback too. Send us some feedback, totally. comment. Send a message on, on Instagram, comment. Um, you could um, send messages or whatever through Facebook to Carrie or, or that. Did you get the email set up? Are we going cool. to? Yeah, we will. How about on our 2020 launch episode, <laughs> which I know we're going to write to record next week, we're going to talk about some ways that we're choosing to live intentionally next year. We'll Definitely. drop the email address on there. People can send us some feedback that way as well, because we want feedback. We want to know we how want we it. Uh, grow this to serve you better, if you're listening, and yeah. are really grateful to be a part of this with you. Absolutely. And it lets us know that, that, we're, that this is actually meaningful and it's good, because like we said, I mean, we'll have these conversations offline. We don't need to <laughs> record them if nobody cares. But we I know that God's doing something. My stupidity, though. It's good. Your kids will love this someday. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you, all of you that are listening and are sticking with us. And we hope this is just the beginning of continuing the conversation, yeah. entering into the tension of following Jesus together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll see you in 2020.